welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because we cannot do life and life to the fullest without Jesus. And you all know I love talking about using our platforms, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you do, whether you work at Krispy Kreme or you're a doctor at a hospital, use your platform to broadcast Christ's love. And today we have on Myra Monroe. She is a pastor at Melrose United Methodist Church. She is she has a mission called Anchored to Christ, and she's currently in school, in seminary. She's a mom of two. I mean, what haven't you done? You've been my news director at one point at my first internship in Gainesville. You're an incredible woman. You were an incredible boss to me, and you're such an example of Christ's love in the work field. And so I can't wait for people to hear what God has on your heart because you are a vessel for Christ wherever he puts you, even if you're a pastor or a news director in the news, you know, so you're just awesome. So, hey, Myra. Oh, wow. What, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I just want you to know, I feel the same about you, Ricky, and I'm very honored um, and appreciate the opportunity to be here. Oh, I just love you so much. And so <laughs> I wanted to talk about just what God has on your heart right now, really what you're doing, because you are involved in so much and you are a mother. And I know from Facebook, you also are a very good cook. So just really what's God got you into right now? What are you up to? Well, you know, that's um, a great question because, you know, in the pandemic, um, pastors everywhere are up to something like totally different from what they were doing before. And more than ever right now, our church is not meeting. Um, okay. And we're getting ready to go back into worship with some, um, you know, precautions. But right now, many pastors in my position are just trying to respond to being um, closed, but not closed, if that makes sense. So um, one of the things that we've done as a church is we've really um, stepped out into our social media and I'm using those tools to reach people. We had people, what really surprised me about this uh, when you close the doors to the church, you, and you, but yet you're still ministering, is we have people who don't have internet. <laughs> right. And so this has just been a very challenging season. I'm really just trying to meet the needs of our congregation on multiple platforms. Okay. Man, what does that look like? Because here in Pensacola, like we had Terry Merrick on a couple weeks ago, and she's involved with the Pensacola Dream Center, and they're all about getting big groups together and doing food drives and, yes. you know, getting encouraged and worshiping together, even if it's in a parking lot, like they're awesome, you know, but they've yes. had to scale back on a lot of that. So what does the mission field look like right now in 2020? You know, um, I think that God has been changing the mission field for a while now, um, but it kind of, I think God has been trying to get us outside of the four walls of the church for a very long time. Um, but some of the things like just to get outside and to, to rub shoulders with everyday people and particularly people who do not want to come into the church. There's okay. quite a few people who feel wounded by the church or intimidated, or it's just not their thing. And so um, people are doing ministries where you're just out doing what you would normally do. Like we live on a lake here in Melrose and we want to gather people together who like to paddleboard. You know, you're already out there on the water. Let's worship together. Right. And it's just a reminder too, that really, I think God is saying we're two or more are gathered in his name. You know, God is present. Jesus yes. is there. So therefore um, you can worship in a lot more ways than maybe you normally think. 
but um, we have a, a movement called Fresh Expressions um, that's, you know, it's not just our movement, the United Methodist Church, but it's it's really a, a long-standing movement started in, I believe, um, United Kingdom, but basically that you would just get out of the church and some are worshiping in a tattoo parlor, if you can believe that, um, wow. and they're having communion there. It's fabulous. So I think what God is doing right now is trying to get us out the doors. And obviously we now have this extra challenge that we have to do it safely. That's good. And we had on one guest, um, Mignon Francois, she bakes cupcakes and she loves Jesus. She's like so cool. She's like <laughs> you, Myra. She's like on fire for the Lord and she'll do whatever. She'll serve the Lord and whatever, but she'll her big thing is like faith walks. Like faith isn't something that you just hold on to and you're like, oh, I'm hoping for Christ. I'm, yeah, you do that. But you also walk it out. You also, uh, you know, live your life and just, um, you know, giving it all to God, trying your best every day to follow the scriptures and not sin just to like, keep it simple, but like walk in God's will. Cause people are like, what is walking in God's will? It's like, well, you know, following his word, doing what it says, like letting the Holy Spirit work through you by reading scripture and walk by faith and not by sight. So that's what you're talking about with this. And I love it because pretty much what you're doing is you're doing life with people. And I, I bet some people are listening to this right now and they're like, yes, that's how I want to see the church. Like, that sounds cool. That sounds fun. Yes. You know? Yes. And in fact, our district superintendent has a saying, she always tells us, go out and have fun. Hmm. That's what she wants us to do. Just go out and have fun. You know, um, I think some people do love the traditional worship styles where we're in there and, you know, might be wearing uh, the robe, but, you know, and then there's the traditional elements that happen in a church. Some people, you know, we don't, we're not saying don't do that, but we're just saying in addition to, right. you know, this is another thing. And right. I feel God has been saying this for quite some time. Many of us that have served in these areas are saying, this is what God's been saying. But the church is reluctant to um, go out into the fields because they don't want to lose the structures they already have. In a way, COVID has forced us to do that. Right. Well, and another dynamic to that is like God will use whatever he can to reach you. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I would love to talk about your faith journey. I mean, God definitely used what he could to get my heart and keep me, you know? So yes. like it, for some people out there, this is how God is reaching you. Like just to show again, why you matter. Like God is going to, God is going to do whatever it takes to get to you. You know, I mean, you matter, you're important to him. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the head and not the tail. Like all those things are promises from God and he cares for you. So how did God grab your heart, Myra? Where did he really shift you? Because you are passionate about the Lord. I just, I love that I got the opportunity to work for you because you're just on fire and you've always been this way. So um, when did he grab your heart? Well, thank you. And you know, you inspire me just as much. And I, um, you know, we were both former in broadcasting. So uh, broadcast news anchors and reporters. Right. I'm sure your audience knows that. Right. Um, but that's what I did as well. It was a very different career. Um, actually, it's got a lot of similarities, similarities to pastoring, but um, I was, I'd always loved the Lord. I knew the Lord when I was 11, but I think I had a, a attitude of, um, I'm in charge <laughs> right, and God yeah. support this, you know? Yes, I and, know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and so the bad. thing is, I think, you know, God definitely used my previous profession 
in many, many ways to prepare me for what I'm doing now. But the big surprise in my life came after um, I got pregnant with my second child. My first child, because I was very career oriented, was born when I was 36. And it was supposedly high risk, but it was perfect. Everything went fine. The second child, the day I went in there uh, for the appointment, she told me that I had a one in 100 chance because of my age of having a baby with a disability. And she didn't say it to scare me, just, you know, that's what they're supposed to say, but it just did not sit well. And I just knew it was, um, I chewed over it for a long time when I got home and I prayed about it. I got up in the middle of the night and I felt the Holy Spirit, really one of the few times in my life where I felt really God just like putting this on me. Um, And you know that when you feel that, I think we all have those moments, but it was, it was the biggest moment of my life. And I felt the Lord say to read about Mary. And I was like, Mary who? (laughs) You know, that's, I mean, I really didn't know. And then I realized, okay, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so I went to my Bible and my Bible has a um, wonderful description of Mary. And the very first sentence of her description, I'm going to read it to you. It says, motherhood is a painful privilege. And those words right there communicated to me that this was not going to be the pregnancy that I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that would mean, but then I went on to read and I read Mary's response when the angel told her that she would be having, um, you know, a holy child. And her response was in Luke 138, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And so I did not know what was coming, Ricky, but I knew that God had just told me how he wanted me to respond. And so we went on through the pregnancy and um, every appointment, there was some little red flag, some little something that was telling us this pregnancy wasn't going to be, you know, but it, but it was never conclusive, but I already knew. And so um, it was Christmas and we took an amniocentesis and that gives you reliable results. And it was um, New Year's Eve when we got them back and the doctor called and she said, you're having a baby girl and she has down syndrome. And all I knew was what God told me. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And that really is where I shifted my perspective of God, this is what we're doing. Bless it to, okay, Lord, I surrender to whatever you have, even if it's not really something that I know. I mean, the unknown is what's the scariest part, you know? Right. Um, but that, that really fueled a fire for me to get to know this God who had gotten a hold of me and started talking about my baby and made it so personal, you know? And I just, at that season of life was the best season ever because while it was scary, um, I got to know God in a way I never had. I really dove into the Old Testament. I felt like I knew Jesus, but I didn't know God. And um, the Old Testament was just full of wonderful stories. And I grew tremendously in that season. And then later, as um, God always does, the call started unfolding. I think identifying yourself with servanthood to God helps you understand. And then through motherhood, servanthood. But then what about going out into the world as a servant leader? Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, and when you said, May it be to me, as you have said, like God was preparing your heart 
how would you say that the Holy Spirit transformed your heart and your confidence in him when he gave you that message, then you heard that news and now you were like, I have to walk by faith. Like, how was that transformation for you? Well, you know, I think because you know how God always goes ahead of us, which is such a blessing. Um, I think God had gone ahead of me through my son, Monroe. And um, that child was three years prior, you know, um, and so, and that was perfect. It really was. I mean, Monroe did everything just, he's the advanced baby, you know, the one that you're just clapping at, everything is just, and I remember when I was trying to decide if I was going to have a second child, and I think all mothers can kind of relate a little bit. You're like, well, will this child detract from my time with the first? Well, yes, (laughs) Yes. mothers, it will. (laughs) That's okay. It's part of the way the process works. But, But I did, you know, that was my biggest fear. And it turned out that that was exactly what was going to happen that this child would need a lot more attention. And this child was the one that I would go to work and then I would feel like I needed to go back home again mm-hmm. um, and maybe not work. And I took right. seasons off and we did therapy. And right. so really my heart was prepared. You know, it's just amazing how God does that. But I think through having my son and just um, preparing me for motherhood period, you know, um, it just prepared me to walk deeper into motherhood. Mm. Well, and what does God have on your heart now after you've, you walked through that when they were younger, what is God and you, you know, with the jobs and that situation of wanting to be home with them and then be at work and all that, what does God have on your heart now? Well, you know, it's always a struggle. I don't know if other mothers struggle. I suspect that they do. We never really feel like we're doing enough, you know, Um, We are always trying to prioritize and balance. And that's something I I had, you know, I also um, taught at UF. um, Yes. Go Gators. um, Yes. That's that's our Sorry. There Um, are some people who listen in Georgia and Alabama and they disagree with us. But Myra, this is, sorry, y'all. Sorry. Well, you know, we like the SEC too, though, right? Right. Yes. Yes. um, (laughs) So when I would teach, you know, I teach a class on performance for anchor anchoring um, students who'd want to go into broadcasting performance. They would always ask me the number one question is always, how do you balance a family and a career? Oh, wow. You know, I mean, really, and it is, you don't realize how hard that's going to be. But my answer to them is always, first of all, you know, it will work out because there's seasons. People always think you want to balance your day. And I do think the day is part of it, but I also look at it as chunks of life. There were years when I did not work, but there were years when I did. Right. And God has you know, led me into seminary because that's part of the preparation for being a pastor. And there were times, seasons there, I was just doing that, going to school. Um, it's taken a long time, so you have to be patient. But if you look at your life, not just in terms of, you know, we always want it now or we want to make sure we're doing it right today, but all of that is going to add up. And when you look back, I look back and I'm pretty satisfied at how I balanced and I don't feel like I missed anything. Um, So in this season, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're just we're home and we've really shut down because with my daughter's condition while she's very healthy she did have a couple of infections this year that were very scary and we don't want her to get sick right. so we're really hunkering down here 
um, right. and taking a lot of precautions from COVID. So we're at home a lot. And, you know, so I'm looking at this season as a season of rest. Um, right. I feel like the Lord is just saying, you know, trust me, I'll weave your days, your seasons, your months, your years. And if you would just surrender into them, you know, and, and discern, you'd be surprised how God will bring exactly what you need when you need it. Mm, that's so good. What's that Bible verse that talks about, like, even the birds in the air, they yes. don't worry about their food? Thank like you. Matthew, yes. Like, don't worry. It's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. Like God's going to provide, he's going to take care of you, man. It's so hard to believe that though. Like in the moment, you know what I'm saying? It really (sighs) is. We have to really live into that. Um, it's, uh, Matthew 7, 25 in case anybody, or 6, 25, excuse me, if anybody wants to look it up about, um, do not worry. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so good. I was like, so I'm so thankful that you looked it up. That's so cool. Um, yeah, let's keep talking about scripture because that's where the change happens. That's where the spirit gets refreshed. And that's like, if you're feeling dry, like if you're in a season of just like, Bleh, you know, or like any season, even if you're like, woohoo, life is good. The Bible yeah it just brings refreshing and refreshment into your life. It just, you can't explain it. It's just like, that's how the Holy spirit is. It's like, boom, right to the core. Thanks for getting to my heart, Jesus. You know? So um, what is your favorite Bible verse? That's really getting you through this season. Wow. That's a hard question. (laughs) Uh, You know what I was actually thinking about today. I mean, I think there, I'm kind of all over the place, but um, I was thinking today about Paul. Okay. And really all of the letters that Paul wrote to churches that he was not able to be with in person. And I don't know if others out there, like, you know, you'd probably have to be a regular churchgoer to relate to this, but when you can't get into the sanctuary like you were doing normally, or maybe you just don't have the fellowship of believers that you had before, like maybe it's just your friends, Ricky. It could be that you and your girlfriends had a, had a girl's night out and you're not doing that now. Right. Whatever it is, it's that your fellowship is interrupted in this COVID dis- social distancing. And some places are probably distancing more than others and some people more than others. But I feel like that getting away and being lonely um, is really dangerous um, to, to Christians and non-Christians, really, wh- whether you're a believer or not. When you're kind of cast out there and you don't really have your tribe, um, it's, it's when the word gets into your head, the negative word that says, I'm alone. Nobody cares. Um, and I feel like really that's what was on my heart that just this morning was Paul had to minister to churches that through a letter, you know, sometimes he was in prison and he was trying to keep them connected and to keep, tell them to keep the faith and to keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up. Um, his letters were very encouraging and also reminding them not to listen to false teachers. Right. So there's a lot of that that's been on my mind through this, because I think um, one of the things I debate often is, you know, which is going to be more dangerous to the body to be, um, you know, go in to gather and potentially catch something, which would be horrible or loneliness. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, I think in the other thing that you mentioned was false um, teaching 
And that's something that is really strong on my heart because when I was a new Christian, I'm sure, I don't know if everybody goes through this, but I have a feeling many people do, but you hear stuff and you're like, oh, that's such a cute quote. It's probably from the Bible. You know, Like that sounds so lame. It sounds so lame, (laughs) but it's not in there, you know, and um, Christine Kane, I talk about her all the time, but she like jokes around when she's uh, preaching, she'll be like, oh, you know, she'll be reading the scripture and, uh, you know, it says that they had bread and she's like, they had feta cheese because she's Greek. <laughs> they had feta cheese and bread or whatever. And everybody's like, uh-huh, like listening. And she's like, you guys, it doesn't even say that in the Bible. Like we- <laughs> And you're taking like, it in, right? Exactly. It sounds good. It's, it sounds good. Oh man. Like, let's, let's talk about that. So- yeah, I mean, as a pastor, I'm sure that's something that you're always like trying to challenge. Like, Lord, keep my message pure. Lord, keep my message focused on you and your word. Like, how do you, I guess, I don't want to say it's like a temptation, but how do you just like keep it focused on Jesus and not let out or outside influences get in? Well, that's very important to do. And, you know, my goal is always to relate the message to what's going on in the world. That's kind of the news person in me wants to take the current events and find scripture in what's happening and then apply it to your own life. Okay. Um, and that is where it can get tricky because okay. you're interpreting. But, you know, there are a lot of skills that you do learn. The reason we go to seminary is to learn those skills for interpreting the Bible to okay. help us to understand it in context. A lot of people are not reading the scriptures in context. They're forgetting that this was a totally different society. It was a farming society. That's why there's so much language about sowing, reaping. Right. Um, it's It was, you know, you'll hear the things about some people don't think women should be, you know, in positions of leadership. It was a different world back then. And yes, the word still stands true today, but yeah. we have to remember when it was written. And I think that that's a big part of, We can't take things out of context. We need to read the whole Bible. And really, if you read the whole Bible, you get the whole story. The story is one story. It's a, and it's got many little dynamic, many little stories within the one big story about God's great love for us and salvation. So, you know, um, it is a challenge. I pray over it. I, you know, that's the best I can do. I do think that the career in news um, I know that the media is highly criticized and trust me, I understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now. But, you know, you know, as a local journalist, I think um, we were really, really tight about not being biased and really being um, very objective in our reporting. Yes. And I think you carry that same thing in when you discuss God's truths. That's you, good. You really need to be very um, objective and you need to get your facts and, and context is everything. That's good. Wow. I never thought about it that way, but it's so true because it's like when you're gathering a story for news, you know, let's say you're talking about a crime, you know, you're, you're going to say the facts, you're going to say the, the facts because you're not only thinking about the person who's accused, but you're thinking about the other side. And so, you know, like both sides are going to be viewing this story. So it needs to be, it needs to be factual. So man, that's a good, good way to look at it. And I bet people do that in business too. I mean, you could apply what you do with your Christian walk, like apply that to your job. I challenge you, you know, and, and that's, I mean, you can apply that with news to anything. That's so good. 
Myra, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us? Well, I think we've covered a lot today. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's been good. It's been refreshing. I do pray that, um, I think it's a hard time right now. You know, Ricky, I know that um, people need to broadcast his love daily. So mm -hmm. I just encourage people to realize that you're always broadcasting, aren't you? Yes. Um, you're just broadcasting when you're in the grocery store. Yes. You may not realize the impact that you have. And right now is a good time to just have an encouraging word for someone and to give a little extra grace mm. and um, a little forgiveness. Um, all of that is going to go a long way right now to broadcast his love. Wow. That is so awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to go to the grocery <laughs> store today. I'm just kidding. That's so good. That's so good. Um, I love you, Myra. And I loved working for you. I just can't say that enough because... I've, uh, I don't think I've ever been a boss in any way, but I've gotten to work for some awesome people and you're one of them. So thank you for that all that means you do. The world. Oh, thank you so much. And I love you back, Ricky. And I pray God blesses this ministry and your family. And, um, and I know that, that you already are bearing much fruit for the kingdom. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, and, um, two things really quick, people who are listening, I know they want to get connected with you. So how can we get connected? We know that you're doing Anchored for Christ or Anchored to Christ. Yes. So how do we get involved with that and get connected with you? Well, you're welcome to go to that website, which is just anchoredtochrist.org. I'm on Facebook as Myra Monroe and Instagram as well. And then our church is called the Melrose Church. And that's also on Facebook and our website. Okay. And at the end of every podcast, I always pray in Jesus name that we decrease and God, you increase in our lives in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. I love Myra. She's so sweet and her messages are great. They're focused on God's word. She's a pastor at Melrose United Methodist church, and she has her mission and it's called anchored to Christ. She has a YouTube channel. You can look it up as Anchored to Christ Online, Myra Monroe Carr is her name, and her website is anchoredtochrist.org, and it's great because you can watch her YouTube channel from her website. She's awesome. I love Myra and just her love for life and just her passion for people. She loves people. I saw this as her intern, and I saw this as she worked with reporters who were out in the field hustling every day to get the story. She was there alongside them, encouraging them and supporting them and teaching them. And it was such a great thing to see her as a boss in a secular job as a news director. And then now to see her as a pastor, nothing has changed with Myra. I just encourage you to do the same thing. Use your platform, whatever it is, to broadcast God's love. He hears you, he sees you, and he needs you. He needs your gifts and talents that he put inside of you to come out and to be used as a vessel for his kingdom, just like he's doing with Myra. So if you want to check her out, get connected with Myra online. She shared her Facebook page, Myra Monroe. She's awesome. You're awesome. Don't forget it. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the head and not the tail. Woo! Preach. I love it. You're awesome. Have a great day. 
Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. Let them know that we are working to decrease our name and increase God's name because we cannot do life and life to the fullest without Jesus. Can I get an amen? Y'all are awesome. Thanks for listening. Be encouraged by this message. And I hope you all have a great week.